Hey, this is Greg Steer. Welcome to another edition of On the Road. Uh, it's a gospelized podcast, and I'm here with Ben Bennett with Josh McDowell Ministry. And how you doing, Ben? Doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast today, Greg. So good to connect with you again. Yeah, and, and we've probably connected, I think, it's been about a year, if I remember right. You were at that first Gospel Advancing Roundtable yeah. uh, in Baltimore, and, and that nice, we were in a nice little restaurant there, crammed oh, in. But premium food and snacks and just talking about Jesus and snacks and amazing. Yeah, <laughs> back when we used to be able to go inside restaurants and actually enjoy food. Miss those days. Looking forward to them. Hopefully, hopefully soon here in the future. We'll see. Well, you're in Texas. You're in the rogue state. You're a country all your own. I'm sure you guys will be open before anybody else. Yeah, we've been open a week and a half, a week and a half now. I mean, malls are open. Everything's huh. at 25%. So it's it's still kind of weird going out because like everybody is, well, not weird, but it's Thankfully, everyone's being super cautious, but the, there's a lot of lines to get in places and people are continuing to wear masks, so safety first. But it's, it's nice to be able to go out and you can, you can go out and have a meal with friends um, today. I just did that last weekend. It was wow. refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forget what that's like. We're, we haven't opened up restaurants in Denver yet. I mean, takeout, you know, stuff like that, but it'll be nice to get back into going out and just kind of a new reality that we have. The difference is, you know, in Colorado versus uh, Texas, I mean, Texas, they're all, they all have sidearms and masks. So it's uh, like the, you know, everywhere you go, it's like, we're going to get robbed. Unless you're in Austin, right? Then. Yeah. Yeah. Just the masks in Austin. Then you just feel like you're in quarantine when you're in Austin. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit, you, uh, tell me about what you do. I mean, Josh McDowell is obviously a living legend, um, you know, evidence that demands a verdict more than a carpenter. I mean, I think he writes a book every day, if I remember right. I mean, he's got a new bestseller every single day. Yeah. The guy is, I mean, it's a little, that's like having like, uh, you know, being a new instructor at a dojo and, and you find out that you know, the sensei is Bruce Lee. You're like, oh, okay. Hello, Bruce yeah. Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, you work, you work for Bruce Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's hard to keep up with. I mean, a book a day is just, it's like a Guinness world record. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, Josh has been doing his thing for 50 some years now, reaching youth and parents and staying up on cultural trends and, um, I would say that his theme has been in each generation, each decade, how do we look at some of the main issues or challenges youth are facing and how do we leverage those to um, reach people with the gospel and also help people that already know Jesus um, be more solid in their faith, live their faith, defend their faith, share their faith, know why they believe, you know, what, what they believe. So, um, I joined about three years ago, basically because we started to see, uh, and I was in campus ministry for six years. Um, and 
we just started to see such a shift with the next generation, now what we call Gen Z, and how they were relating and the struggles they were having in growing up without a biblical worldview. You know, statistics will show that only 4% of Gen Z, according to Barna, have a biblical worldview. So growing up in this postmodern age. So I joined with Josh. Just to, just to interrupt real quick, I, uh, I was picking up some to-go food at a restaurant we go to in the neighborhood called Jack's. And there was two high school kids there, they're juniors. And I started sharing with them about the gospel. Mm. And they had never heard any, I mean, they were like, we have never heard anything like this before. Like, yes. it, oh my goodness, we, Gen Z is an unreached people group. Mm. You know, all of a sudden, and, and so I think apologetics and just the vast resources that guys like Josh McDowell and Lee Strobel and others have developed over the years, <clears throat> it's so important that that's accessible mm. to teenagers to reach their friends but also to youth leaders to equip their teenagers. And what's interesting is it's when you start talking about worldviews and all this stuff, people think, well, I don't want to bore my kids. Teenagers are so interested in different belief systems and mm. why we believe what we believe. And I think one of the things we need in youth group, again, is more arguments, more mm. ask a question and let kids just go for it and don't correct them right away. Just let the conversation go and then bring the Bible into it. And if you don't know the answer, just, you know, look up, is it josh.org, right? Yeah, yeah. yep, exactly. It's literally every answer to every question <laughs> you've ever wondered about when it comes to God and life and spiritual. I mean, just such a, so I, I just want to speak on behalf of an evangelism training ministry. Mm. We are very grateful for what you guys provide. And I think bringing you in, I told Josh this the other day, he called me. It's kind of weird. Uh, you know, just Josh McDowell calling. He's like, Hey, I'm just calling to check on you during the pandemic. I'm like, okay. Thank wow. That's you. awesome. <laughs> and just, who does that? I yeah. mean, what, you know, what living legend does that? Well, Josh McDowell does that. Um, but he, you know, I just said, Hey, I think you bringing Ben on was brilliant. Mm. Because I think what you bring Ben is a real sensitivity to Gen Z. And I think, you know, I can't imagine Josh McDowell doing Instagram live on his own, right. um, which you and I did one of those not yeah. too long. And uh, I think you are, um, you know, once, you know, um, somebody once said it, uh, that, that a, an effective preacher has got a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you know, you bring that relativity. It's not a newspaper. It's an iPhone. It's Instagram live. It's that. Mm -hmm. I think you combine that solid truth of, you know, Josh McDowell and then, you know, kind of your ability to communicate to Gen Z. Uh, that's a, that's like nitrogen and glycerin, man. So. <laughs> Dude, thanks so much. That, that means a lot. Appreciate those, those words. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's a, a new day and you know, so many of the issues that, that Gen Z are are dealing with are things that I dealt with as a kid, as a teen. The mental health issues, the porn addiction, the doubts about God, the trying to explore different worldviews. Mm -hmm. And it was it was so kind of God to start 
you know, 10 years ago, me on this journey of healing and counseling and recovery and brain science and finding biblical <laughs> solutions to these things backed by brain science and psychology. So that's, that's kind of what we've, you know, started working on now for this next generation, something we're calling the wholeness apologetic. It's like, it's like you take apologetics, either defending or we like to say supporting now, you know, supporting our faith rather than defending. I think it's a, it goes over a, a little bit better. We support. I really, I really like that. I mean, it's, I think apologetics has shifted over the years mm. and I feel like, <clears throat> You know, back when Josh was visiting college campuses, you know, dropping the truth bomb could be your opening line. Yeah. And people love to engage. And now it feels a little bit more like Act 17 with mm. Paul on Mars Hill. He uses apologetics, but he uses it as the PS to the love story of the gospel, mm. not his opening line. You know, he's yeah. he waits to the end to say he's given proof to this by raising Jesus from the dead. And I think uh, I think that's really good that you guys have shifted with that. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you're shifting with that, because I know there's this whole um, resolutions campaign. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the the big thing behind the resolution movement is um, we, we believe that we can leverage these pain points in people's lives um, rather than seeing them as as just problems, we could see them as opportunities that that Jesus wants to engage, the church can engage. Um, but we have to understand how how healing happens and how freedom happens. So we've developed this whole thing we're calling the wholeness apologetic model, which um, has three different parts. And it talks about the thriving life you were created for. Um, you know, Greg, I love what what <clears throat> you guys share in your gospel presentation, that eternal life starts here. It's not just about the afterlife. It's about here with Jesus. And you can start to thrive now. And a lot of that happens with healthy relationships with God, with other people, your view of yourself and knowing you're loved. We also get into though that people's struggles aren't random. You know, I, I think it's it's easy for us in the church to think, well, that person's just dealing with sin because of their nature, or that person is just dealing with um all these mental health issues because of some random thing going on. But what we really see throughout the scriptures is that our struggles aren't random. They're signals to be answered. Uh, you see David, you know, in, in the Psalms fleeing from King um, Saul, and he got so riddled with anxiety, he was hiding in caves. That's that, that anxiety wasn't random. It, there was a cause and there was, a reaction. And I think that we hide in so many metaphorical caves in our life. Uh, Job, you know, got so depressed after losing his health, his wealth, his family, that he wished he had never been born. Uh, so I, I think with all of these pains in youth, youth's lives, if we start to say, okay, what's the backstory to it? How does Jesus speak into that? How does Jesus met me in my pain? How does Jesus make life better here and now? Uh, Josh beautifully um, kind of summed this up uh, on, uh, on our first podcast episode. He said, there are many ways to Jesus. Hurts in life, pain, anxiety, but there's only one way to God through Jesus. 
forgiveness of of sins and Christ's death and resurrection. Well, just amen. I mean, and I I think when you like you've said when you look at the way Jesus ministered, I mean, he he started with the biggest pain point. Um, you know, one of the things I I really think this is timely uh, with, and I know you guys did not time the resolution campaign with well when's when's there going to be a global pandemic launched it but i think the timing is perfect because Mm. um everything i've read there was a time magazine article um about the pandemic and its effect on teenagers that came out in march uh dr harold Kopowitz, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who's a child psychologist. And mm. he, he basically said, you know, from cancellation of proms to, um, you know, delayed graduations to confusion, isolation, everything is, is accelerating teen anxiety. Yes. And, um, you know, it's a time where, I mean, kids are tired of being by themselves. They're tired of being isolated. They're nervous about not being able to get a job uh, or their parents losing their job or not being able to hang out with their friends or what if they get sick? You know, what mm-hmm. if there's a zombie apocalypse? I mean, there's all these things that are churning in their minds and, you know, suicide, the number two cause of death among teens in America, number one cause of death in, you know, in Colorado. Wow. Uh, I, I think it's I think this whole thing's gonna accelerate that stuff and is accelerating it. And it's it's a time we have to re I think this is a great opportunity to, you know, jump into these hard conversations with the hope of Christ. And that's that's what you guys are doing with resolution. Yeah. So tell yeah. me how how does like uh so number one, how would we how do youth leaders get there? Because mm. right now, as they're listening to this, they maybe want it and like, okay, let me just go look at stuff. And then what are they going to find when they get there? Yeah. Uh, the best place to start is resolutionmovement.org. Resolutionmovement.org. You can just Google it. Um, if Not, not if what not, I call, not what I called resolutions. Yeah. Multiple, that, multiple of them. That's a workout routine, I'm sure. <laughs> resolutionmovement.org. And then what are they going to find when they get there? You're going to find so many resources, uh, articles. We've got a podcast, YouTube videos, social media content. And a lot of it is principle-based rather than program-based. Principles meaning we want to offer a lot of content at no cost principles to help you as a youth leader, as you preach, as you share the gospel, as you, uh, we just want to come alongside you and offer um, more and more perspective to the great work you're you're already doing. So there will be solutions, understanding of why so many teens and young people are dealing with, how it intersects with the gospel, and what you can do practically to uh, help teens that you're ministering to. That's awesome. And so I think it's really important, youth leaders listening to this, I mean, <clears throat> that you dive in. And it's, it's interesting because you know, Dare to Share, we're kind of known for evangelism training and um, mobilizing teens to share their faith. This is really right in the center of the bullseye because mm-hmm. this is the point where you get into real conversation 
with teenagers when they begin to open up about hurts and pains yeah those pain points you can just you as those pain points happen you can point them to jesus and yes. really them walk walk that out i think um i have a theory um and it's it's this is that there's something cathartic about teens sharing their faith mm. that that it lifts their eyes up to God and out to the harvest field. And I used to call it when I was a pastor, because I used, I believe that with adults is healing as you take others to the hospital. Mm. Um, that when you encounter, when you join with God on his mission, that you yourself are transformed. And so I just think that getting these kind of tools in the hands of youth leaders and then getting you know, arming your believing teenagers with these opportunities to reach their own friends using these kinds of subjects is so, so crucial. Yeah, so good. Yeah, we, you know, it's interesting with, uh, we use the Life in Six Words app Mm -hmm. to start gospel conversations. And uh, there's always a struggle word or pain or Mm. um, hopelessness or something that they choose, meaningless that they choose that, when they choose those kinds of words and you ask, why'd you choose that? That even in a, like a stranger converse, like somebody I meet, I've had people just open up their lives. I think, I think there are people that are dying to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And did you know that? Okay. I'll ask you this question, Ben. What is the number one date for phone usage in the average year? What's the holiday that's got the most phone usage? Do you think? Oof. It's got to be some family holiday. So what would you guess? <laughs> Christmas? Nope. Easter? Nope. Okay. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Wow. Mm. And it makes sense when you think about it. Like everybody's talking to their mom, you know, mm-hmm. calling back, talking to their mom. Do you know that according to a New York Times article, the everyday has got twice the number of phone calls or length of phone call than the average Mother's Day. So in other words, people every day are talking twice as much on the phone. And one of the big problems they're having is telemarketers now are struggling to get off the line with people (laughs) because people want to talk, which I think goes right to what you're talking about with yeah. resolution movement because there's that anxiety that's locked up and I think people are looking for hope and boy, we know that hope is, is found through Jesus Christ. So I'm very grateful for what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just to echo that. I mean, we're designed, you know, God is triune. We're designed in the image of God. We need not just connection with other people, but meaningful connection. That's the difference between loneliness and not being lonely is not the amount of people you know or connect with, but the the depth of the connection there. And what an opportunity we have to enter into the lives of young people that are lonely, that are anxious, and care for them and love them, and then share about the hope that we have and how God has met us in our pain point. And um, yeah, that just changes everything. You know, I think when you have those meaningful, I was at the airport probably a year ago, and I was buying some gum at one of those little stores. 
And I was looking at his leg, I go, how you doing? She goes, good. She kind of looked at me weird. And I go, you having a good day? And she goes, yeah. And I'm just looking at her eyes, talking to her. And mm. at the end, she gives me the gum. She goes, thank you. I go, for what? She goes, I talk to a thousand people a day and I talk to nobody. Wow. She goes, you looked in my eyes and you asked me how I was doing and you had a conversation with me. And I was like, wow. Mm. How many... How many times do we just need to see people, Yeah, you know, and, and equip our teenagers right, right now, I think, you know, shelter in place, whatever is safely at home, whatever those rules are in your neighborhood or suggestions, if you're in Texas, um, <laughs> that now's the time to reach out and get our kids to reach out to their friends. Like, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Yeah. yeah. And uh, how can I pray for you? And, mm. You know, there's a great verse, 1 Peter 2 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that you may declare forth the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that um, we're priests. And when things go bad, people look for the closest priest. When things go dark, they look for the closest light. And I think now's the time to really engage our, you know, minister to our teens, but then engage them to minister. And so... Appreciate all those resources. Uh, again, they go to josh.org for the apologetic stuff. Mm -hmm. Revolution, singular, revolution movement. Resolution. Resolution movement.org mm -hmm. yes. for all this stuff. How do people uh, follow you online? Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is Ben V, as in victory or virginia v bennett um and i love engaging with people instagram's my main thing like dming messaging praying for people just having conversations about things go going on very active on there um but also ben bennett on uh facebook so ben v bennett on instagram ben bennett on facebook so Man, I, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate the growing friendship we have, partnership yeah. in the cause, and excited for what you're doing. I encourage every youth leader, uh, everyone listening to this, to, to go to resolutionmovement.org and uh, follow Ben V. Bennett uh, on Instagram and engage. I mean, what great tools and resources you have. Any final thoughts you want to get across or any other things you're doing you want people to know about? Yeah, first, just to um, honor you and say thanks so much for all you have been doing, Greg, for the past, what, three decades? Uh, oh. you, you talked about Josh as a living legend, but I think that sums up up you and, and just how God is, your faithfulness to God and how he's been using you. And I find such inspiration by, by you. Um, but... But secondly, to say uh, we have such an opportunity to reach this next generation and to help them heal. And I, I think that, you know, when we look at, um, if we're honest, like, it's scary sometimes to look at the church and to look at older church leaders and seeing just the amount of people either having uh, affairs or dying by suicide or just there's such pressure in ministry, you know, and such hardship And you know, the next generation is experiencing a lot of that hardship now. But what if when they were coming to faith, 
they were also getting healed and healthy so that 20 years from now, if we look at the church in the future of the church, they've already walked that journey. They've already got to a healthier spot and had those real conversations and had been doing life with people. I think that God could really take these problems and, and turn them turn them around and we could see, you know, a healthier, uh, continually healthier global church in the future. So um, I just encourage you to, to not get discouraged, to, to remember that God is always at, at work and he's working all things together for, for good. And he can turn around a situation in, in a moment. And I, I think that's what he wants to do with this next generation. I think that's good. And it's a good reminder, you know, youth leaders listening to this, I mean, you may want to check out, you know, resolutionmovement.org for yourself mm. and be reminded of, you know, hey, this is stuff we need too. We need friends. Mm. You know, I, I couldn't, Ben, I couldn't make it in ministry without friends. I have, yeah. I've, I, somebody once told me you can't have friends in ministry. And I'm like, I reject your advice. I'm going to have friends. <laughs> and I've had lifelong friends in ministry that hold me accountable. So good. That like a dude that asked me hard questions and I asked them hard questions and we're, we're buddies. And I just think it's so important that we have those kinds of relationships where, you know, I, when it says in James five, you know, confess your sins to one another, it doesn't say confess all your sins to everyone. Mm. But I think there needs to be one or two or three people that we just, we got the bat phone, the red phone that we, talk to you anytime and I thank God for those people in my life you know there was that movement years ago where everyone kind of conf- stood in groups and confessed all their sins to everyone I was like I'm gonna let that movement move on by but you know we do need to have that that resolution movement in our own lives mm-hmm. so appreciate appreciate what you do tell Josh I said hello and yeah. uh He's like 80 now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what's running is, hard? People always ask me, when are you going to get out of youth ministry? I go, when Josh McDowell gets out of youth ministry. Ah, Seriously, that's, that's so good. Like, yeah. I was like, don't tell me I can't be a lifer, man. So, yeah. Amen. All right, brother. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben. I sure appreciate the time and love what you're doing. And God's blessing be upon you. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate you, Greg. All right. We're out.